Hello everybody and welcome to another one in our series of Financial Wellbeing Podcasts. And I sit here once again at the palatial home of financial advisor and man of many talents, Chris Budd. Tell us about those talents, Chris. Well, I'm wearing a hat. That's one of the I talents, know, you I look think. ludicrous. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also looking in my, um, in my very small front room at the uh, Christmas present I was given, the bonsai tree. Which, where are we now? We're recording this on the 14th of February, Valentine's Day, and already it's lost all its leaves and is dying. <laughs> You're obviously looking after it very well. Yeah, so I'm not sure the man of many talents epithet really works. Well, it certainly doesn't <laughs> extend to gardening. No. <laughs> anyway, welcome anybody. And of course we have producer Tom O'Tom Morris. Tell us about yourself, Tom. Uh, I'm a chartered financial planner at Ovation and an incompetent producer. Now, there is a reason behind this. No, no, nobody's arguing with that. Well, that's fine. <laughs> uh, we use a microphone, and for the last six months, I've been really struggling to charge it. We've had to keep plugging it in when we're here recording it. Turns out, all along, you just put some batteries in the back. <laughs> so it's not rechargeable. You just needed to replace just needed the batteries. to put the batteries. So I scurried around the house today and took the ones out of the uh, remote control. <laughs> so high-tech podcasting right here. Uh, I don't know whether you find that, Chris, because you've got a teenage son. I remember when my son was a teenage son. Batteries from TV remote controls would just disappear because he would have them for his Game Boy or his whatever it was he needed them for. Game Boy, crikey, that does take you a little bit. It does indeed, yes. Well, actually, I buy my batteries on bulk from Costco. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only way. I know I bulk buy as well, but they they, they run out. I don't know where they all go. Speaking of Costco, uh, would you like a quick update on the canoe? Oh, the canoe, yes, please. Because um, long-term listeners will remember that I bought a spur-of-the-moment canoe from Costco. We're now looking about four years ago that this happened. And it sat in the back garden, and its backside only ever saw rainwater. I then managed to sell it to a mutual friend of ours, uh, and I'm happy to report that it's still in his back garden. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I think whenever, if ever, that canoe actually hits proper water... I think we need photographic evidence. And a champagne bottle against his brow as well. <laughs> Indeed, <I think>. yes. <laughs> anyway, enough of this inconsequential chatter. What are we going to talk about on the podcast today, Chris? David, we're going to embark upon a three-part series about retirement. Aha. Now, I sense that perhaps anybody under 50 might now be thinking, well, I'm going to switch off. But what we need to do is persuade you that you mustn't switch off because this is a subject, obviously, that affects us all. And I have to declare an interest here, because although you will be listening to my voice and thinking, well, he sounds sprightly and young and energetic. What is he, 30, maybe 35? The truth is, this year, I will be celebrating what I call my Beatles birthday. I will be 64 this year. And although there are no signs as yet of Vera, Chuck and Dave, the three (laughs) grandchildren that the Beatles promised that I would be having, certainly the thoughts of... Retirement loom ever larger, not only in terms of the personal investments that I have, that are ably managed, I have to say, by Ovation Finance, uh, but also the fact that when I'm 66, I'll be getting my state pension as well. And although I'm still enjoying my work, and aim to carry on enjoying my work. Clearly, the prospect of a time when I don't work is getting ever closer. So this is a subject in which I would like to declare a very firm personal interest. Well, and also back to those under 50s who may be thinking, well, this isn't really for me. Actually, do you know what? This particular podcast especially is of interest to everybody, I would suggest, because we are talking about, well, what on earth are you actually going to be doing 
And if you're 30 years old and starting a pension or you're in a company and uh, the, the company is putting away a pension, what's it for? How much do you need? What's it... So early thoughts on this is very, very useful. Almost a foundations kind of podcast, I guess. If you were to put that. But it's of, of particular interest, of course, to anybody who is within, let's say, five years of actually doing it. They will be particularly interested. Excellent, good. So how's the three-part series, you say, how's that going to work? So this podcast is pre-retirement, thinking about what it might all mean. Then we're going to cover at retirement, so the real hardcore decisions you're going to have to make when the day comes. And then we're going to finish with life post-retirement. Uh, in between, of course, we've got uh, the usual fascinating guests lined up. And this is podcast 47, which means the big 5-0 is coming up. And we've got a very exciting celebrity guest lined up for that one. Right, so exciting, even I don't know who that is. No, I do, because I've already talked to her. Oops, I've already given too much it's away. It's the Queen, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, before we go on to look at this fascinating subject of retirement, let's start with our regular feature, where we answer some of the typical questions that clients of Avation Finance ask. What have you got for us this week, Tomo? Well, as we're talking about the lead-up to retirement, I thought I'd just bring something up that, that comes up quite often, and it's when... People come and they say, should I take the tax-free cash from my pension? And you wouldn't believe how many times people say, right, should I just take it and, I don't know, put it in the bank or do nothing in particular with it? And you're going to learn a lot more from these podcasts about whether that's a good or bad idea. But I think when taking money out of a pension, whether it's taxable or tax-free, make sure there's a purpose. It isn't much use taking money out of a pension that's in a tax-free area, growing tax-free and putting it in a bank account that's not doing an awful lot for you if you haven't got a strategy Listen, for using it. I am no financial expert, as has been proved over these 47 <laughs> podcasts, but even I can see that there surely is no advantage of taking out something from a tax-efficient, cost-effective wrapper just for the sake of putting it in a bank so you know it's there. You might as well take it out, convert it to cash and stick it under your mattress. But I think it's the misperceptions of what pensions are and I think a little bit of mistrust that people have had over the years and I think it's hopefully will educate people during these next couple of podcasts and just let them know actually all a pension is is boiling down it's just like a glorified ISA it's got a few different tax rules to it um, but the people who say oh, I'm just going to take the tax-free cash and put it in my stocks and shares ISA well actually you're just moving it from a tax-free environment to a tax-free environment well often that isn't the best thing to do because there are other features of pensions that really might be in your best interest to keep. Excellent. Well, as ever, sound financial advice from Tomo, which leads us rather nicely, I think, to the other feature that's always a major hit with our uh, listeners, which is our tight ass Tomo feature, where Tomo comes up with an interesting idea about how we can save some money. But Chris, I believe you've got some input onto this today. I have. I've got a, I've got a tight-ass Tomo tip. And it comes from someone that uh, Tomo and I know well, a chap called Rohan Sivajoti, who's a financial planner from up north somewhere. <laughs> he achieved something which I think we have all wanted to do in our lives. Bit of an urban classic, this tight-ass Tomo tip. So Rohan's out in town. And he's had a few drinks, he's gone to a nightclub and he's ended up with no money left for a taxi. So how does he get home with no money left for a taxi? Got a bit of cash on the sideboard at home, but no money on him. So what does he do? He goes to Domino's Pizza, orders a pizza and asks for it to be delivered to his house. He then gets in the car with the guy who's delivering it and gets a free lift home. 
What a genius idea. <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic. He tweeted That's about cool. it and I thought, that is a bit of an urban... I've never actually heard anybody do it, but what a great idea. And he actually did it. I think you? he's taken Titus Tomo to a completely new level. New new section, Titus Rohan? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what, he might be down for that. I'll give, I'll give him a call, see if he's interested. <laughs> well, Tomo, you're going to have to go some to top that. Come on, mate, what have you got? So, this week... We've got a really good tip. I think it could be a really good tip for people who are keen foodies. People who enjoy going out and, and having a meal at nice restaurants. David has just perked up enormously. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dribbling at the prospects. I guess the easiest way, way to explain this is, you know, Nectar Card. So we all know what a Nectar Card is at Sainsbury's. You buy, buy your shopping with it and you get some... Uh, Points that then you can spend on other things. What do points, points mean, Chris? Uh, oh, prizes, David. Prizes. <laughs> there you go. Points mean prizes. Well, this is a website. It's called luxrewards.co.uk. That's L-U-X rewards.co.uk. You go on there. It finds good restaurants around your local area. You go to the restaurants. Once you've obviously had your meal there, you can redeem points via their app. And with those points, you can use them towards experiences, uh, gifts, charity donations, all sorts. So I would definitely recommend having a look, especially if you like eating out. So this is a loyalty card for just going out and having a nice meal at a restaurant? Pretty much, yeah. Nice. Very good, very good. I should be looking into that. I also heard on another radio programme about money about some very interesting apps, actually, that you can use to save money. One of them harvests your loose change and Mm. donates it on to a charity of your choice, which I thought was rather a nice idea. So if you're buying something that costs £9.50, it will automatically take the other 50p if you pay £10 and and give it to a charity of your choice, which I thought was a very interesting idea. Thanks for that, Tom. All right, let's get on to today's subject. The first of our three series on retirement for people who are thinking about or approaching that major landmark. So there's a couple of aspects to start off with. I mean, firstly, we'll go on to why this actually doesn't need to be a major landmark necessarily. So we can bust that myth, so to speak. But we could also go on to giving some specific tips. And probably the At Retirement podcast will be more about the mechanics of pensions and what have you. There's lots of podcasts that can give lots of tips about pensions. And we'll touch on some of them. But what the whole point of this podcast is how people can use their money to make themselves happier. So how are we going to make ourselves happier as we move towards retirement? Well, I mean, if in my own life's anything to go by, I've, as I've already said, that time is getting ever closer. And I'd suggest that one of them is, is knowing exactly what it is you want to do in retirement. So in my case, actually, what I want to do is, is carry on working. Yeah. But I don't want to carry on working if I don't want to. Because I'd like to be in a position where I can work when I want to, as opposed to when I have to. Because the other thing I'd like to do in my retirement, while I've still got my youth, health and vitality, is do a bit of travelling as well. And obviously, if you're working, it's not always easy to do that. So those, for for me anyway, those are the two objectives. Yeah, I think think they are probably pretty common feelings as people approach retirement. Because retirement doesn't mean what it used to mean. It's about independence, financial independence would be a nicer word, I I would think. I remember, sorry to interrupt, but I can remember, I'll tell you a story now about a time when I was, I think, about 18, 19, and I was a student in London at the time, but my parents lived up north on the Wirral. And I used to hitchhike a lot, as people did. And I was hitching a lift from Chester down to London. I got a lift off this guy, and he was, uh, he was an elderly gentleman 
in his in his 80s actually uh, and he was one of the most remarkable people I've ever met really stuck in my mind this guy I was in his car for about an hour he worked for help the aged that's what he did you know he said and he said yeah I like to go around the country he said I'd like to help the old people you know he says because when I retired so I thought the last thing I'm going to do is sit on the garden wall in me slippers watching the world go by and that's always stayed in my head, that notion of actually, for somebody like him, who'd spent all his years working, the last thing he wanted to do when he stopped working was stop working, yeah. ironically. Yeah. Yeah. And so he'd carried on, rather than having that, that nightmarish vision of sitting on a wall in your slippers watching the world go by, he'd always wanted to be out there helping the old people. He was 83, I think. Like, you, you made me think of my grandmother, who was four foot and a couple of peanuts, massive frizz of white hair, who used to help with the sunshine trips, the local sunshine coach. And she, she used to say to my dad, I'm just going to help out the old people. She was 83 and they were all in their mid-60s. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's a really, really good illustration that what people, I think, need, or certainly the theories of, of happiness, is purpose. You need purpose. I have a real problem. I think we touched on it a moment ago, Chris. I have a problem with the word retirement. It feels so scary for a lot of people. I think you used the word financial independence, and actually that's a really good way of putting it. It's that point that you're working because you want to, not because you have to. And it might be for some people that idea that, you know what, I still enjoy doing what I'm doing and I'm going to continue doing it, but I know if I wake up one day and I've had enough, I can just jack it all in. And that can be quite liberating for some people. As soon as they find out that point of financial independence, they click their fingers and they'll be, you know, they'll be handing their notice in or, or selling the business, whatever it might be. But it often it's that switch of being able to save and accumulate to actually needing to dip in to one savings. And that is actually can be quite a quite a tricky one to, to cover off for somebody emotionally, but I think we'll cover that off more and more in, in, in the next episode. And I suppose it's also about making that balance, isn't it, if you are going to start dipping into your savings, about making that sort of what I guess could be quite a difficult calculation, uh, which is, well, how long have these savings got mm. to last me? Absolutely. Now, how, long, how long have I got? Which is why understanding what you're moving into is so important. <laughs> What's it going to cost? Mm. The fundamental principle of the Financial Wellbeing book is know thyself. It's knowing what will make you happy. And that's an absolutely key to everything that we've been talking about and no more so here. And the way that I would put it with retirement is that you need to be pulled, not pushed. So you need something pulling you into retirement um, rather than being kicked out the door because you're getting on a bit and making mistakes or whatever it might be. So I've been spending a lot of time recently reading on purpose because having purpose in life brings well-being just in itself. There's a, a really great book called Wellbeing, which is kind of summarises many, many studies by Gallup. And one of them is they studied people and how engaged they were at work. And it simply shows that people who are more engaged at work, who have purpose at work, are more happy. And there's a great chart which shows people who are not engaged becoming happier the closer the time gets to five o'clock at home time. People who are engaged actually becoming unhappier as they get towards home time. Yes, I mean, I've, I've always been very fortunate, I mean, as largely a freelancer I mean I do do sometimes do things where I have to be in a certain place at a certain time but I've always been lucky enough to be largely in control of my own working day and also lucky enough to actually enjoy the work that I do but certainly when I talk to other people of my age that perhaps don't do similar work to me 
they don't always seem to enjoy their work at all and they seem to be desperately uh, looking forward to a time when they can retire and actually stop working. So presumably if someone is engaged with their work, they might find retirement harder then than someone who isn't. Yeah, I would definitely say that would be true. Uh, so, you know, I, I touched on the point I was making a moment ago. At Ovation, you know, we advise plenty of people, and especially business owners, who say they never retire, you know, because they enjoy what they do too much. Yeah, so surely it has to be about choice then, doesn't it? I think I've touched on this. Uh, it's about options. It's about, well, if I want to carry on work, I will. If I don't want to carry on, I won't. So know thyself, spend some time working at what the next move will mean to you, even somebody who hates their job and can't wait to get out of it still needs to know what might be coming next. So let's go on and think about what might be coming next, because this is what we've got a plan for. And Tomo, uh, let's ask you, you've got a lot of experience of advising people who move into retirement. What sort of things do people tend to talk about that they want to do? I think number one, most common, is travel. In various different guises, it might be you know more city breaks, it might be the round the world trip or, or going to see family in America or Australia, you know, these big things that they need time to do but haven't been able to because they're working. And what I find really interesting from from that is actually getting underneath of why travel's important. And then you start to get what really drives people and it might be learning about different cultures, experiencing new new things that they've not had an opportunity to do yet. Change you know, just a bit of a change up of an environment just to keep things exciting there's there's something behind that obvious travel i wonder if it's to do with also to do with the fact travel equates with holidays holidays that they've had when they've not been working when you've had a break when you don't have to the alarm doesn't go off at six o'clock in the morning for you to rush off and get your train you can wake up at nine o'clock in the morning and you can go down to the pool and have a swim or whatever it might be you know you can have that extra drink at night without Mm. worrying about whether or not you've got to be sharp and clear-headed in the morning and so for a lot of people, the notion of being able to do that on a more regular basis must be hugely appealing. And I wonder if that's got something to do Until with it. Until the reality of it kicks in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it's no longer an escape, it's the norm, isn't it? I, I think that, in a way, the problem with, with travel as an objective in retirement is it's, uh, if you like, it's part of the bucket list, you know, that phrase, ticking things off. The trouble is, what do you do once you've ticked them off? Mm. So it's not purpose. Travel is, isn't a form of purpose. Great thing to look forward to in retirement, of course it is, but it's not purpose. The way I would describe purpose might be that uh, a goal or your bucket list or whatever is what you do during the day, but purpose is what gets you out of bed in the morning to do it. And that's what we're looking for. So people who are thinking, I know exactly what I want to do in retirement because I want to do some travel, that's great, but keep going. You know, what will be the purpose? The one thing that we have learned over many, many years of uh, financial planning and ovation is that when people have financial independence, when they have as much money as they need, when they can choose what they do, one of the major things that they go and do is to help other people. So it could be working in a charity shop. It could be, if you've got some business experience, go and be a trustee of a charity, for example. Go and help in the homeless centre. What have, Those sorts of things do give genuine purpose. Yes, that's true. And it's interesting that, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to have done a lot of travel during my working life. I've made time and found the money to have some really, really great trips. Also, because I've not been trammeled down by a nine to five job, I've also found opportunities to do lots of things where I help other people. 
Uh, the youth coaching at cricket, which you and I have done, Chris, together, is one example. I've been a school governor, which I know you've also been as well. So although it's possible to say, I'm retired now, I've got time to do those things, there's nothing to stop you doing those things before you retire. Of course not. And that's a really good way of moving towards retirement because um, you're starting to, to get irons in the fire, so to speak. I've, I do that stuff. I'm currently director at Penny Brom, who's as we know, or get the uh, proceeds from the book. I'm also a director and trustee of the place called Happy City, uh, which really aligns with my personal values. So you'll get more purpose if you do something which aligns with your values. Uh, people can go back and listen to the philanthropy episode we did quite a long time mm. ago now. But philanthropy is really important when you get involved in philanthropy. It's important to spend your time doing things on stuff that matters to you. So that alignment of purpose. So where we've got to then is... Work out what your retirement might look like, but don't just say the things you might do. Think about why you're going to do them. The next stage then is to actually put in place some financial planning to work out how much you need to do those things. So I'm going to ask Tomo a question here, okay. which is if we have somebody who comes in to see us at Ovation and they say, I want to retire in five years time, what is the process that you would go through? Okay, well, firstly, we'd have that conversation about What's the purpose? Why five years time? All of that sort of thing. But let's say we've come to a clear why of five years time, a clear what they'd like to do uh, you know, in retirement. As I said, I'm not the biggest fan of the word, but it, it's everywhere, isn't it? Everybody understands it. But then you have to start putting some practical planning in place. The first thing is just tracking down everything that you've built up. And that could be pensions, savings, investments, that old dusty endowment that you you, you bought in the, in the 80s. Bring it all out. Often it, you know, we as, as Ovation will go off and busily get that information for someone. But it's understand where am I now? What position am I in now? Understanding if there's any mortgage left. What's left on that? Any debts? That sort of thing. So really a picture of assets and liabilities. You know, the starting point of where you are. Then we need to work out, okay, well, are there any incomes in retirement that you know are going to come in? And this might be a final salary pension. You might be contributing to one now, or you might have one from leaving a company 10 years ago. Quick tip, you will have a statement that said pension at date of leaving. They have to revalue that, often with inflation. So we need to work out that that actually might be more than you think it actually is. And also get an information on the state pension. We've mentioned it before in a podcast. Um, you can go online and check that now. So we've got that information. So we know, you know how we can fill that gap of not working anymore and not getting an income in. But then we need to know how big that gap is. How much is your retirement likely to cost? Now, it's going to be a best estimate because you're trying to plan forward. It can evolve over time. Do your best, just sit down and have a best guess of what does an ideal life look like, how much does it cost, then with that information you've got the figures about what you've built up now, what income's likely to be coming in and how much you're going to spend. You put that all in and at Ovation we use some, some planning software and we project it to age 100 and we work out whether you're going to run out of money or not. Well having gone through that process myself, not that recently now actually, yeah, I found that hugely interesting, actually, hugely interesting to just, as you say, I accumulated all the various little bits of money into one big pot, so at least you know what you're looking mm. at. And then you start, and this touches on something I raised earlier, that you need to then project forward. 
and then start thinking, well, how long am I likely to live? How long do I want to live? How long am I going to live for? How much money am I going to need? And, and it was a fascinating uh, process. And actually, the very last line, I'm not quite sure this is literally true, but metaphorically true, the very last line of the Financial Wellbeing book is, so you've gone through and worked out what you want your life to look like, you've gone through and worked out what money you've got, now start again. Mm. And so you keep going round that, round that circle to say, well, actually, you know, if you've run out of money, if Tomo's um, spreadsheet says you run out of money, then you need to go back and change some things. But it might be that you actually don't run out of money. You've, had, you've got quite a lot left. In which case, go back and do some more. You know, spend some more money. <laughs> it, it's fascinating. So when we initially do this with clients, in the meeting itself, and we're going through and it, we're starting to get the numbers back in and what's achievable, it's amazing. All of a sudden, those those restricted thoughts they'd have because they've always thought oh I can't afford it all of a sudden they're thinking a lot bigger and it inspires them to think bigger uh, and we change the plan and this is why at Ovation we insist that no client of ours is allowed to sign up if they're not willing to see us at least once a year because plans change ideas change and you need to go back to it you need to go around in a circle and keep tweaking it and seeing if what we've thought about before in the original plan is still what you want and I value those annual meetings. I actually look forward to them because it's a, it's an opportunity for a reality check. Are things as good as I thought they were? Are they better than I thought they were? Mm. Are they perhaps worse than I thought they mm. were? But at least you know where you stand. Mm. And for me, that's really, really important part of the process. Mm. Great. So we've had some great advice about how to get our minds right in terms of how we're approaching impending retirement and how to start getting the money right uh, what are we going to hear about in the next stage of these podcasts chris the part two will be looking at at retirement some of the decisions you need to take at the point of retirement but before that in the next podcast we've got an interview with the author of a new financial planning book and some freebies to give away fantastic i love freebies <laughs> i love it when we give away stuff Right, well, that's been a really interesting, well, at least I hope you found it a really interesting introduction to the whole notion of retirement. Please tune in next time when we look at this again. And until then, from Chris and from Tomo and from myself, happy listening and we'll catch you again next time. If you want to be notified of upcoming podcasts, make sure you click the subscribe button. For more information on the topics discussed in today's podcast and to purchase a copy of the Financial Wellbeing book, please visit www.financialwell-being.co.uk. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on financial well-being. You can send us an email at contact at financialwell-being.co.uk. You can follow us on Twitter at FinWellbeing. Chris is Ovation Chris and David is at Dave underscore Backwell. This has been an Ovation Finance production. Thanks for listening to the Financial Wellbeing Podcast. More interesting than you might think.